there are times when you wish you had recorded something because you're like, wow, that was powerful, or wow, that was cool, or wow, that was funny. Um, and there are times you're glad you didn't. And, and this morning's been a little bit of comedy of errors. It's had a little technical glitches, and thank you for fixing the music stand, which isn't designed to hold a laptop, which isn't designed to show piano music, which, um, anyway, it's, it's one of those things. And so I'm going to be a little more extemporaneous with the message this morning because um, I don't know that I trust, I don't know that I trust the words I prepared. The, I trust you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then and Larry earlier said I was right, he was wrong, which, you know, I just wanted to get that on tape too. <laughs> Sherry wasn't here, so she will be listening. But, you know, <clears throat> this, this weekend in particular has been good and tough. You know, we've, 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 we've mourned the loss and, and celebrated the life of 17-year-old Trey. We've mourned the life and, and celebrated the, the life of 85-year-old Wes. Um, in, in 21 hours, this, this congregation has lost two of its own. And, you know, part of it is there's, there's just a different vibe, isn't there? Um, you know, the 17, just Trey is so, so tragic. Life was so short. And Wes, this, this wonderful man, Wes, who's had such a full life, you know, we, we miss him too, but just, you say he's had a full life, you know. And there's a, just a different element of peace. And when we, you know, we, the tears were different. You know, I was up front at both. And man, that is, it's tough. It's emotionally draining because you love both these people and you see the people that love them. And, and you know, it trays there. There's just, you know, kids between the ages of 12 and 20 just sitting on the floor in rows, just rocking and sobbing, missing their friend. And they're sharing stories in the only way they know how. And as we're singing songs and hymns of, of you know, of, of, country music was, de you know, depressing enough. And then they had to go and sing all those country songs, you know. With the, and they were singing along, and it, and it was so cool that, that they would sometimes laugh when they get to a part of the song that was, you know, like, you know, the song, I wish you were, you know, you could be here, uh, which is just a touching song, and I'll never hear it again in the same way. And he's talking about, you'd, just be, you'd be busy taking all those pictures and people laugh because they're like, yeah, that's Trey. You know, that's the way Trey was. And, and yesterday, here in this very room, as we're talking about Wes's life and everybody's dancing around the, the topic that Wes is just kind of a stubborn old man, you know? And we're all just trying to lovingly say what we want to say. And, 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 and it was just Wes being Wes, you know? And even this morning, we're talking about integrity, we're talking about it, what it means to be the same person in all aspects of your life. And, and you know, what are we called to do? What is this legacy that we're called to do? But, you know, this weekend in particular, it's, it's hard to stay focused on the good sometimes. Because here we are, we're, we're preparing. We're, we're, we're preparing to say goodbye to friends. You know, one that we've had the joy of knowing for many, many years, the other one for many years, but not enough years. You know, and, and, and one of the heartbreaking things was, it was for me, was hearing that last call from the fire department. It's like, oh, they just get you. Because you get it, you're like, the fireman has gone home. The last call, he's made his last call. But he's left a legacy. There's a picture in the back of this legacy. Troy has, or Trey has left a legacy in the memories of his friends. He didn't get the advantage that all of us have since we're all over 17 by at least a couple of years. 
Um, that'll be this morning's joke. That's all. Stop. Uh, <clears throat> but he didn't have the advantage we did of having a long life to, to try to figure things out. But along this life, we've, we've made mistakes. And some of those are we focus on the wrong things. You know, I hinted at it last week when I said we have a God-shaped hole. Not just a God-sized hole, but a God-shaped hole in our soul and in our heart. And we can put stuff in it and we can certainly fill it. But that's not what it's meant for, you know. And we can become so focused on some of these other things. And, and some of them are bad and some of them are good. And I've used this analogy before. If I said, if I said you know, don't think about a, a pink elephant with ballet slippers on. You know, you're all going to do it because you're stubborn like Wes. No, but you, you know, you say that and that's in your mind. <clears throat> and you can't remove those things because that's what you're focused on even though you're, you were told not to. But if I started describing some of those brownies that we had yesterday afternoon, right? Or if anybody was hungry like me, just sometimes that, that ham sandwich just really hit the spot, right? After a long day. No one's thinking about the elephant, right? God's the same way. You know, we can focus on, on these things, but he says, focus on me. We can even focus on good things in our life. But by doing so, they can take up that space that's meant for him. But we can use these good things, and we can use them for his good purpose if we focus on him. I am so far off my notes now, I don't even know where I'm at. Um, but, you know, we, we talked a lot about God's promise, and, and sometimes God's promise isn't the kind of reassurance we're looking for. You know, please let this person be okay. Please let this person heal. Please let, you know, this financial situation work itself out. And, and we're looking for that as a reassurance. We're focusing on our problem, not the solution. And sometimes we're so focused on the problem, we can't pick up the lesson. You know, God has... has promised that he'll be with us but in that same promise is couched this thing that says i promise there's gonna be troubles for you and as christians sometimes there's more troubles not only because satan wants to get in there and just dislodge your faith a little bit but because you know the difference between right and wrong and good and evil and, and what you said so there's more troubles because you've got this this line in your in your body that says this is right and this is wrong and when you know the word and you know the law, that line is pretty specific. It's pretty bold and it's pretty clear what it is. And, and the world tends to, to fuzz it and, and you know get a little broader, a little gray area and stuff like that. Is you know what is normal and what is natural may not be what is right anymore. But again, God has promised, in fact, 1 Peter 5, 10, it says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. See that? After you have suffered a little while. Now, number one, he's saying you're going to suffer. But he's also saying it's just going to be a little while. It may feel like forever at the moment, but at some point you will look back and you will say, that was a horrible week, that was a horrible month, that was a horrible couple of years but I've suffered a little while and God remains strong and firm and steadfast. And this actually comes on the tail of a warning that starts actually earlier in the, in the verse. It says, be alert and sober-minded, right? Keep your focus. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It says, resist him, 
Stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Do you ever feel like you're doing this all alone? Do you? I thought it was so powerful what Jonna said yesterday before the meal. She said, don't, don't think for a second that if you are going to go through crisis that you don't want to go through it at Golden Beach. Golden Beach, the Golden Beach, the church, Golden Beach, the community, Golden Beach, the friends. Okay? It matters who your support team is. It matters. The, the verse goes on. It says, you know, everybody's going through this. You know, whatever you think that no one would understand because this is the most bizarre thing that I've ever had to struggle with. No one would understand when I guess someone somewhere has. And there's a pretty good chance that there's a story in the Bible of someone just like you that was going through something, maybe just like you are. Okay, and there's a lesson to be learned there. It says, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory after you've suffered a little while, here's a reminder, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. You know, we know that and we believe that, but we worry anyway. I mean, we're told not to worry. Matthew 20, or 6, 25 through 34 says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can anyone of you worry by worrying at a single hour to your life? No, but you can take some off. God didn't design your body to worry and stress. If you're like me, you swallow that stuff down. If you're not like me, or if you're like me on some days, you let it explode. Neither of those are healthy. They're not healthy for your body. They're not healthy your mind they're not healthy for for your relationships but he goes on verse 28 says and but and why do you worry about clothes see how the flowers of the field grow <clears throat> they do not labor or spin yet i tell you that not even solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these if that is how god clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire will he not much more clothe you you have little faith so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Listen to this. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. It says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. And here's one of those things that just may not sound right. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Okay? That may not sound reassuring, but here's the reassurance. It's a lot easier to face a problem when you know what to expect. I know that tomorrow's going to have problems. I don't know what they are. I may not know until they happen. I may not know until I look back and go, well, that was a really bad day. But here's the other thing. I know God is with me. And God is with you. But being warned, you know, not to focus on these things, not to focus on the problem. You know, Jesus says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from mine. You can't just go through the motion. You gotta believe, you gotta have proper focus. And Jesus says, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. That whole heart that has that God-shaped space in it, that perfectly designed, perfectly shaped spot that he knows what needs to fill it with. It's not to be filled with envy and failure and, and claiming things are unfair or, or even heartbreak, but with love and faith and hope and acceptance. 
there's a story, and we, we use this on our Wednesday night Bible study a while ago, the story of Mary and Martha. Maybe you're familiar with it. And I'll, I'll read it, and I'll, I'll go into it a little bit. <clears throat> so as Jesus and the disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. I can't do the Jesus voice, but I, I have to wonder what the tone of voice is when he says, Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one, right? One thing. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will be not be taken away from her. Now, we use this analogy of Mary and Martha. Are we, are we busy and missing the opportunity to see the Lord here? You know, that's, that's, the, that's the message. And, and when we did the Bible study, we looked at it from a different angle, which was really interesting. And, and we may revisit that time on a Sunday morning. But you're so focused on the problem. Are you missing the solution? Are you missing the lesson? Are you missing the opportunity to make this mess that you think your life is and turn it into a message of hope for others? Some of the worst things that have happened to people I know, some of the worst things that I feel like have happened to me have become some of the most powerful testimonies of love and support. As I say, let me prove to you that this verse is right, that someone somewhere has gone through what you're going through. Let me tell you what happened to me and let me tell you how I handled it. And then it might be, and don't handle it that way. Learn from a mistake. Or it might be, and here's what God did for me. And to him be the glory. You know, my, uh, I'm not artistic by any means. I'm, I'm moderately creative and I can do things like make a font fuzzy to make the message slide a little more interesting. But, but I'm not artistic. I, I can't draw. And I remember my, my father was trying to teach me a lesson on how to draw a line. And, and I wonder if he even remembers this. But he'd say, you don't. Focus on the, you know, on the point as you're going. You know, you kind of look where you're going. You look down the paper, and, and you draw that way. And and I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about, you know, driving a car, especially as we were listening to the burnout contest at the Trace thing. And I was thinking, which was fascinating. Um, you know, when that when I learned to drive a car, they said, where where do you focus? What, they, they, and they gave it a distance, and I was going to look it up to see what the state driver's guide said. But it's like, what, you know, maybe 20, 30 yards ahead of the car. That's where you look. If you look right at the hood or at your, it, you know, you're not going to go straight because there's something about, you know, your vision looking ahead, focusing on what's ahead that allows you to get where you need to go in a straight line without micromanaging and getting caught up in the, in the details of it. If you want to draw a straight line to Jesus, you need to keep your eye on him. And make that line there. If you want to drive your life down the road of, of growing your faith, you need to have a spot and you need to think about, and this is what the driver's manual does say, you need to think about where you want to go and you need to think about where your car is going to be in a few seconds. So think about that. Where do I want to go? I want to go where Jesus is. And where do I want to be in a few minutes? Well, if I'm going to you know, everything from this point forward may be based on the decision I'm making now. I don't want to have a regret. That's one of those things that takes away my focus. You know, one of the stories that was shared at West's funeral was you make a choice and you stick with it. And if it was a wrong one, then you make a different choice and you go forward. 
that's wise advice. That comes from 85 years of living and a whole bunch of years of making bad choices, right? And some good ones along the way. And I'm not commenting on Wes. I'm talking about all of us, right? Stop getting hung up and looking backwards. Stop getting hung up and looking right in front of you. Keep your proper focus on the kingdom. So I have to ask, are we, are we focusing on worship? Are we so short-sighted that we're, we're thinking about the next word in the song? Are we keeping our eye on the glory that we're giving God with our voices? I can tell a difference when we're singing it as well with your soul. I can hear you guys sing. It wasn't just about louder. Did you guys feel a little different with that one? Do you hear the message? That is focused worship. Are you focusing on prayer? Are you saying God is great, God is good, let him thank you for food, which is a great prayer. Or are you just being real? Are you being you, having a conversation with your God, with whatever it may be? He's got broad shoulders. You know, he wants to laugh with you. He wants to cry with you. He says, bring it on. Punch me a couple times. I can take it. You know what? Because I still love you. And you can be mad at me. I can take it. That's a good friend. Are you focusing on God's word? And I don't mean, are you actually taking the time to read it? But are you saying, God, show me what it is you want me to learn? Help me recall this the next time I need to remember what this says. And I'm not saying that, that you have to go, that's Roman 8, 23 or whatever it may be. You just need to say, oh, I know God's word says there will be tough times. And I know God's word says, I don't know where, he will be with me. And if you want to take the next level, go find where it is. If you want to take that to the next level, read a before and after and figure out the context. God's word, God's Bible speaks to you Every day in every way, are you focusing on it? Most importantly, are you focusing on him? Are you focusing on him? You know, we, because of technical things, that poor Mark, you, I don't know if you saw this little Google Chrome laptop that he had to read off of. This, was, this is what he was reading from. That's impressive. And I feel like a really bad person for asking him to do that. And you saw me trying to do the same thing with music. And that is just because, you know, we, we used up all our income on the programs, which was Fantastic. It's a great problem to have, you know, that we were going to have that many people that, that we were going to use up that ink. <clears throat> but, you know, the words are the words. And, and, and if I wasn't able to see those, I, I got a couple choices, you know. I can go from memory. We'll see how that goes. Um, you know, I can guess. You know, we'll see how that goes. Or I can solve it. You know, I can adjust my focus. I can enlarge the words so I can see, so I can, so I can understand. I can put on my glasses, you know. God gives you the tools you need to focus on him. Church is a part of that tool. The people around you, the friends, the family relationship you have is a part of that tool that says, I'm going to put you here. You are here as a church body to build each other up with words of encouragement, with words of affirmation, and occasionally with words of accountability. You know, a lot of people in the Bible questioned their focus because they were so hung up on, is this even possible? You know, we, we've often studied the story of Abraham who went by Abram, and, and even on Wednesday night we talked about him, he being the original reference of faith that we look at when we, we study the biblical definition of, of faith, which is 
confidence and the hope we, you know, cannot see, you know, and something we cannot see. It's referring back to Abraham and, and this old man and his old age. And, and God said, here's what I want you to do. Actually, I'm not even going to tell you what I want you to do here, but here's what I need you to do first. I need you to leave your people. I need you to leave your land. And, and this is an older man. And, and, he, and he said, and I'm also, I'm going to give you kids. And, and the Bible says he laughed. And it says his wife laughed. And then in Scripture, Genesis 18, 13 to 14, it says, Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And the Lord says, I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. You know? There's, there's stories of, of people just like us that go, it's not possible. I'm too old or I, I'm not a good enough person or I've, I've made too many mistakes or, or you know, maybe, I'll, maybe my kids will do a better job of whatever than I will do. Nothing is impossible for God. Focus on that. Be like Mary and Martha. Focus on what's important. Now, there's value in what both did in hosting and in listening. And that story kind of changes roles when, when their brother dies. And I want to encourage you to, to read that story. You know, Jesus took his time coming back. And it was interesting who ran to the road who showed the faith to meet him. I'm just going to put that out there for you guys. I want to tell you that focus is not blind optimism. To not worry about some of these things because God's got it. God's in control. God will take care of it. There is a balance, and there's a healthy balance, and I couldn't tell you what it is, but God sure can, that says trusting in the Lord and being good stewards and diligent, right? You can sit at home and wait for the money to fall in your lap. You can sit at home and wait for the job to fall in your lap or this opportunity, and God does that. God still performs miracles today. He does, and glory to God for all that he does. But there's times he says, you know what? I want you to take the first step of faith and watch what I do, right? You know, give. Give your time, give your money, give your energy, give your, give your talent, give your trust and focus on him. And he says, watch what happens as I open the floodgates of blessing, right? So focus is not blind optimism. It's literally, it's simply distrusting the Lord. You know, we can also get our focus a little a little fuzzy sometimes. You know, we, we went through this COVID thing. The world's still going through this COVID thing. And a lot of churches aren't able to meet like we are. You know, and I'd, I'd like to think that Satan is, is kind of going, huh, I'll disrupt the church a little bit. You know, people had a choice. People had a choice. And God says, you know what I can do with this? If people will just focus on me, not only will I give them a heart for getting back in the church, he said, I'm going to say, I'm, and those who can't, I'm going to put a church in every house so they can go online and they can get their podcast and they can go and get their inspiration and maybe we'll spark something there. You know, don't focus on the problem, focus on the lesson. What can we learn? I will honestly tell you that I used three sentences of what I prepared today. I don't know where that came from. I just want you to know, guys, that, that we've had a rough weekend. And if you're like me, you are tired. You're emotionally exhausted. You've just given it all. And it's heartbreaking. You know, and, and, and we still have struggles. We still have members of our families, members of this congregation who are ill and suffering and, and hurting. You know, 
that didn't end yesterday when we packed up to go home. And God's love didn't end then either, okay? So let's put on that armor, all right? There is a reason that people say Golden Beast is the place you want to have a crisis because this is a place where we know God and we know what God can do and we know how he can use us. So think about that, okay? If I have a challenge for you this week, it is just to be aware. Be aware of the problems. Be aware of the opportunities. But most importantly, keep your focus on what's really important. What can I do? What can I learn? What can I share? Where can we give God the glory? Let's pray. Father God, you are so good. You love us in a way that we can't comprehend. You love us beyond all reason that we can, we can imagine. And what a wonderful example that is. Lord, you forgive our sins. As your word says, as far as the east is from the west, you remove us. You have written our names in your son's blood in your book of life. Because we know him, when it comes our time of judgment, you open that book and you say, that, that man, that woman is my child and I welcome them in. And God, this weekend as we have lovingly said farewell to some of our dear friends, we're excited about what they're experiencing now. And although we're not looking forward to it in, in, in any kind of rush, Lord, we are ready to join you when you call us up. But God, in this world right now, there is so much pain and so much suffering. Lord, even in this room, in our own lives, we can feel the stress and the burdens. Help us to lay those down. Father God, you gave us a great place, this cross where we can put our baggage. You say, come and leave it here and share my yoke because my burden is light. Father God, touch our hearts this week. Give us the encouragement that you want us to feel. Give us the, the strength, not of physical alone, but of spirit, to face today's problems. To not worry about tomorrow's problems. And when tomorrow arrives, to pick up that cross again and to face those problems with the same strength and determination that you've instilled in us today. Father God, as we leave this place, I ask that you go with us as we know you will and you help us to be more like you and to be that example to those who may only know Christ through the ways that we reflect him. God, as always, I thank you for this church and this congregation. All those who've given to it in the 40 years of, of this existence and what it has meant as we've seen tangible ways this very weekend. Lord, we stand on the promise that you've got a purpose for this church and everyone in it. As we run this relay race of life, of an eternity, help us to stay in our lane, to stay focused on you, to finish the race strong, as Paul writes. Someday we can hear those words that we will cherish so much. Well done, good and faithful child. Lord, we give our lives to you. We surrender all our problems and all our focus to you. And we're excited about what you do. Amen.